Hello again, everyone, and welcome to it. It is the 21st day of February 2024. I don't know why I'm still having trouble with that. It's a Wednesday. It's hump day, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Derek Hunter. This is the Derek Hunter Show, and it's technically the start of CPAC, which I am not attending, mercifully, again. I will have to take the wife there. She has to work it, but I do not, thankfully. I just... It, uh, you know, I, corruption comes to mind. Someday I'll do a monologue about it. just what it's not, not legal corruption, but just sketchy sort of self-serving crap, not necessarily against the law, just unseemly. And I never get invited to do anything. I'm just kidding. Anyway, so yeah, if you're going to CPAC, don't look for me. You'll f- see my wife running around and you should probably stay out of her way because she'll just bowl you over. But otherwise, have fun. All right, uh, don't forget, patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast or derekhunter.locals.com. All the good stuff going to be there on uh, a Friday. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Let's just get started so we can get out of here. It's getting warmer, man. You can almost golf in the next few days. Not that I will, but you at least can. And I got sick kids. I got to take Bailey or Quinn took Bailey to the clinic yesterday and I'll take uh, Quinn to the doctor today. So it'll be a good time. Good time. Got a couple of sick kids running around the house. They've both had this hacking cough that um, it sounds wet, but it's not in their lungs. Thankfully, Bailey, the younger one, went to the doctor of the clinic the other day and got an antihistamine that it works temporarily. And then Quinn started coming down with the cough. And it's like, oh, geez. Then Bailey comes in the room yesterday while I'm working on a column. She's crying. She's holding her ear. Ear hurts. Just suddenly, she was, you know, had been home for a while and was fine. And then suddenly her ear started. So I called one of the clinics. Thankfully, there's a whole bunch of uh, urgent care places in the area. And we went, got it. Not even get an appointment. There was no wait at one. Went right in there. The doctor gives eardrops instead of just regular antibiotics. I don't know, oral antibiotics. I argued with her about that, but it was pointless. And I'm like, she's just not going to take eardrops very well, I don't think. But why wouldn't you just put the internal one? It gets infection everywhere. It was annoying, but uh, what are you going to do? You either go out with what the doctor gives you or you don't get anything. And then the other one, Quinn has an appointment this afternoon to uh, go to her primary care because that was the earliest we could get an appointment to make sure she's okay. She sounds like hell too with this cough, but thankfully it's all in the sinuses and it's draining into the throat and that's what makes it sound wet rather than in the lungs, at least so far. But I don't know. Maybe we'll get some antibiotics. I feel I feel bad because I know it's like antibiotics don't treat everything, but there's something refreshing prophylactically refreshing to getting antibiotics as a parent. You're like, all right, just give them. I don't know if it'll work or not. Just give them antibiotics. Just give them antibiotics. I've become everything I used to complain about. Like, you got a cold. You're not going to get antibiotics. Antibiotics won't work on a cold. I don't know. 
You just sit there with your kid sick and you go, well, do whatever you can. Do whatever you got to do. And Quinn's had a mild fever and it's been a few days. So I know that even things that bacteria or viral infections and then sinuses can become, can grow bacteria or whatever. So I'm hoping that we come out with some kind of antibiotic and I hope that everybody clears up. It would be nice if they stopped getting sick. Anyway, welcome to the show. Action packed, lots of stuff to get to, tons of things to talk about. And we will get to all of it as we watch this ridiculous situation with the president of the United States. And, um, well, it's not even the president of the United States, to be honest with you. The, <clears throat> the media is so god-awful. Just so... The, the big story still, they're all going, oh, my goodness. We've got uh, Alexei Navalny. He was murdered. Yeah, it's a horrible situation. But honestly, do you care? Do, do you really care? Because I would posit, I would suspect that you don't care. You can, you, and that's not to say you don't think it's a good, you think it's a good thing or whatever. I think you, everybody looks at this and goes, this is, this is ridiculous. This is absurd. This is horrible. And from just a human standpoint, it's bad. It's it's not good. It's whatever. But do you lose sleep? Have you gone to the streets? The people who have gone and protested were already there, right? That's what they, the professional protesting class was already out in the streets. They're like, okay, now do we put down our, we hate Jews and love uh, Hamas signs for a day to run around with our Navalny signs? Or how do we do it? Can we integrate the two? And I think they've just sort of integrated the two. And then they said, you know what? There's no money in Navalny. Let's go back to the other thing. But the media can't let go of it. But the vast majority of Americans don't care because it doesn't impact our lives. And I'm, it's incredibly cold to say i get it but it's also accurate wildly accurate alexei navalny living or dying doesn't impact your life at all if you're not a russian and honestly if you were a russian you it probably didn't impact your life that much either it is a situation where vladimir putin was he's up for I guess you call it re-election or whatever. He's running again. He's going to, again, with the air quotes, win. He's going to be in power. Navalny was in prison. He wasn't, you know, it's not like over in Russia. Hell, in Russian prison, they're treated like January 6th protesters, right? Basically held in solitary confinement, horrible conditions, uh, held without bail. It's weird because Democrats hate cash bail and they go, we must not hold anybody with bail. And they don't. They hold criminals for about 20 minutes so they can get a picture into prints. And then they hold people arrested for January 6th indefinitely. But there's no cash bail on either one of them. One is we're not going to charge anything. Just go along. Make sure that uh, next time you throw a Molotov cocktail at a police officer, whatever, it's okay. Um, 
aim for their feet. It's all good. And the other people are like, we're not going to ask for any cash bail. We're not going to let you out of prison. We're going to hold you indefinitely. It's, you know, different different ways of approaching the same thing. <laughs> but over in Russia, Navalny was, you know, in, I forget, I don't even know what he was convicted of, to be honest with you. It's threatening, treason, whatever. And eventually he died or was murdered. And even if he wasn't immediately beaten to death, he was murdered because he was murdered through atrophy, through neglect, through long-term abuse. They might not have gone in and pulled uh, Jeffrey Epstein. They might not have sent in Hillary's people and immediately went in and wiped him out. But over time, the human body can only take so much you can punish them with malnutrition and et cetera, et cetera, and eventually inspire death. Whatever the case is, he's gone. And yesterday, as the president was, I think he was coming back from, it's kind of funny because the president has been whining about Republicans. Republicans will not pay. They won't support NATO because Donald Trump, said that, you know, jokingly, he, he doesn't know how else to describe It is a joke saying, you know what, Russia can, if you're not going to pay your dues to NATO, Russia can go ahead and invade you. I don't care. We didn't encourage them to do whatever the hell they want to do. That's obviously not official Trump policy. It's a self-inflicted wound. I know what he's trying to say. It's pretty obvious. Stevie Wonder could see what they're trying to say, what he's trying to say there because NATO members do not pay their dues because we pick up the slack either way. And it's annoying, and it's taking advantage of the United States, and he's sick of it. Democrats, of course, jumped on that, just like he said he wants to be dictator for a day. And it wasn't upset that he said he wants to be a dictator on day one, just for one day. And then after that, no, I didn't go, oh my God, can you believe such a thing? I knew what he was saying. But... And the, I got the humor of it. But I also knew that the woke scolds on the left were going to go, there's no way. This is, oh my God, he's, he's confessing to... You don't give your opponents ammunition. There are ways to say everything and even make it humorous without giving your opponents ammunition. But he chooses to go this way. So when he was talking about NATO... He was harsh on NATO members before, saying, you guys got to pay what you're obligated, what you, what you promised. Keep your word. This is what you promised to pay. Pay it. This is what you're obligated to pay. This is what the charter says you're supposed to pay, and you're not paying it. Why would you receive the benefits? If you're a member of a club and you don't pay your dues, I just I don't know what country clubs cost. I've never been a member of a country club, but let's just say it's uh, ten thousand dollars a year. Ten thousand dollars a year is the membership fee, and they make you like buy food and everything. But whatever, it's ten thousand dollars in this mythical country club, and you pay it, and everything's good, and you go for that year, and then the next year you come back and you go, well, look, here's a, I'll pay you in installments. Here's a, here's a grand, and I'll pay, and I'm like, okay. You probably get to golf for a month or two. Then around the third month, they'd go, you got another grant for us? Don't worry, it's coming. It's coming. We will make sure that I pay this thing, but not right this second. It's just times are tough a little bit right now. And then you look in the 
parking lot and they got a new BMW. Like, eh, times are tough, huh? Okay, okay, whatever. We'll let it slide. You've been a good member for a while. We go, And then it just goes on and on and on. How long do you think it would be before the club stopped letting you in, stopped letting you golf? If you were running up a tab, how long until they say you, you need to pay or you need to go? All right, I don't care which. Probably not very long. I think they'd give you a couple months leeway and then they'd stop you. The manager would be there to have a nice little discussion with you about things. Why should it be any different for NATO? Well, NATO isn't a country club. No, I know. NATO isn't a, a country club, although it kind of is. I haven't really needed NATO since the fall of the Soviet Union. The express purpose of NATO was to stand up against the Soviet Union to counter the Warsaw Pact. So since that has collapsed, do we really need to continue this organization? One would argue that it, at a minimum, should be changed a little bit, if not dramatically. We are going broke faster than the speed of sound, and somewhere along the lines we're going to have to address that reality politicians, both Democrats and Republicans, don't want to admit that we're going broke. They do not wish to address the... It's the world's biggest game of kick the can. They're just hoping that they're out of office or dead by the time the piper really comes around to make that payment. The piper always gets paid. When they demand it, they'll go, oh, thank God I'm retired. I don't have to catch hell for it. These are the people who caused the problems. They keep causing the problems, and the problems are overspending, spending more than we take in. It's not a revenue problem. Our revenues have increased dramatically every single year. And well, the tax cuts cost us a whole bunch. After the uh, Reagan tax cuts, government revenue, within short order, a couple of years, government revenue doubled. Why? Because taxes are paid on economic activity. Tax cuts spur economic activity. After the Trump tax cuts, Democrats still whine. They didn't pay for it. Revenue increased dramatically to the federal government because there was more economic activity. Money sitting there is not taxed. Money that is going, because if you go, there's a certain point at which doing something with your money isn't really there's no point in doing something with your money. The benefits that you'll receive are going to be outweighed by the taxes you'll pay. Essentially, it's just not the reward isn't worth the risk. The reward isn't worth the hassle. So you don't do it. But then suddenly, if you incentivize through the tax code or you take the government out of the way and you say, you know what? The reward is worth the hassle. The risk and the reward are worth the hassle, worth the increased taxes. Then suddenly people start moving things around moving money around incurs taxes. You lower taxes, people are more likely to move their money around. Revenue increases. Money that wasn't taxed is now being taxed. Of course, Democrats know this. They just don't care. They want the control. They want the money. That's neither here nor there. No, I'm just saying. The, um, the world that we live in the insanity that we have uh, incentivized, sadly, 
as culture with this president is one in which consequences don't matter. Kick the can down the road. And it works for politicians here. It works for politicians everywhere. And it works for NATO membership. Don't worry, we'll gladly pay you Tuesday for our national defense today. Well, if you're not willing to pony up, the, I think it's 2% of your GDP toward your own national defense, you can't be all that worried about your national defense, right? If you thought Russia was coming to get you, if you really thought Russia was coming to get you, would you not be throwing a whole bunch more toward your own national defense? Wouldn't you? In preparation for it? Or at least trying to head it off at the pass? Instead, you're just going, nah, not going to pay. The U.S. has got us. And Trump said, that's ridiculous. We're not going to carry you. Sorry, we're not. Well, with the death of Navalny, the left is trying to portray it as though, and with the Ukraine war, the left is trying to portray it as though there is going to be a, an invasion of Europe by Russia. There's going to be a major invasion of Europe, by, or at least there could be. Not theoretically, there could be. But it's unlikely, considering that Russia can't overtake Ukraine, Right? They just won a city, finally, whatever. Like, okay, not good for Ukraine, but at a certain point, don't you kind of go, well, there's there's something. It's not a lot, but it, uh, it's not it's not the end of the world. If Russia can't take Ukraine, what does Latvia have to worry about right now? Well, if Latvia is really genuinely worried, Latvia can pony up. If Poland is genuinely worried, Poland can pony up. All of these places can pony up for their national defense. That was essentially what Trump was saying. Joe Biden's running around saying he's a threat. He's a threat. He wants to pull out of NATO and sacrifice Eastern Europe. And therefore, Congress needs to pass aid for Ukraine, which is not a NATO country, which is weird. He he defaults to Ukraine all the time, everything. He's got a vested interest in it. He defaults to, we need it because of Ukraine. Like, what does NATO have to do with Ukraine? Nothing. Nothing. What does Ukraine have to do with NATO funding? Nothing. Nothing. We're not even actually talking about NATO funding. The United States is paid up when it comes to NATO but he's conflating the two. And so a reporter yesterday, as Biden is walking to or from, because he, he was whining that the, federal, the Republicans hadn't passed NATO funding, which is not at all what had happened, another slip of the senility, talking about Ukraine funding. But he was uh, walking to or from, back from his vacation. He was whining, by the way, that Republicans are on vacation for two weeks. Dude, you just spent the weekend at your beach mansion, okay? Spare me. You've been on vacation like a third of the time. You're really going to lecture other people about their work ethic? Spare me. But uh, he was asked by a reporter, and this is a little tough to hear because there is um, the Marine One. I wish they'd shut the damn thing down. Playing in the background, or not playing, running in the background, so the helicopter noise is there. 
And I isolated, I separated the question and the answer because the question is so damned absurd. Some reporter, we don't know who, some female reporter should be embarrassed, should be shocked. And you know what's messed up is the reporters there know who this reporter was and they've decided not to say who it is. Even the so-called conservative reporter, they know who this person is. But they don't want to single them out. They don't want to do this. They did a horrible job. They asked a stupid, biased question. They should be embarrassed and shamed, but they're not. They ask, she asks, if the House GOP has blood on their hands because they haven't passed Ukrainian funding with Navalny's death. Did the Republicans have blood on their hands because they haven't past money for Ukraine. You can try and square that circle all you want. You'll go insane trying, but listen to this crap. Would you go so far as to say that it had blood on Republicans? How? How? Under what circumstance? Well, they didn't pass aid to Ukraine. Yeah, it has nothing to do with it. Some guy sitting in a Siberian prison dies, and somehow that's Republicans' fault. Now, the 13 Americans who died because of Joe Biden's wildly incompetent withdrawal from Afghanistan, nobody in the media has ever suggested, even hinted towards the idea that that blood would be on Joe Biden's hands. Nope. Not even possible. They would never touch that subject. But because Joe Biden didn't get a Democrat bill funding for Ukraine that his family's probably getting their beak wet from, that's blood on Republicans' hands. Speaking of non sequiturs, the illegal aliens all across this country that are committing crimes up to and including sexual assault, rape, and murder that were led into this country because of direct action by Joe Biden, that is... Is that blood on Joe Biden's hands? No, how dare you even suggest such a thing? What a monster are you? Huh? Why is that? That's a direct link. That's a his policy directly led to these people being in this country. People, Americans died. Why is that connection not made? It's not made because they're on the same team. They're never on this. You know, now, now, there's no connection whatsoever to aid to Ukraine and the death or murder of Alexei Navalny. Yet, here's a reporter saying, eh, any blood on their hands? You think there's blood on their hands? Do you think you get blood or oxygen to your brain, you moron? So Joe Biden didn't take the bait. He could have easily said, well, Republicans, uh, they might as well have Epstein'd Navalny. That's weird. All the whining and complaining the Democrats do, their, their side is uh, really the only side that has had people who could embarrass them politically let's say, pass away in mysterious ways, right? Just oopsies, you know. And everything just comes together like a harmonic convergence. Jeffrey Epstein under surveillance, supposed to be wellness checked, and they just, oops, forgot. We forgot to do that. Oh, and all the surveillance cameras were out. You know how that goes. Um, Yeah. 
I'm not comparing them to Putin. But they're like Putin. Um, But the president's answer to, do do, do you think the GOP has blood on their hands for this? He then shifts this to somehow NATO funding, which again isn't up for debate. There's no... There's no bill in Congress right now that sends money to Ukraine, Taiwan, Israel, and funds NATO. That bill doesn't exist. So it's... Maybe he he could argue he was taken aback by the stupidity of the question, which is entirely possible. But to sit there and, and try and draw these connections where none exist is... Well, it's, it's shoddy journalism, for one because the so-called reporter that all the other reporters are protecting is the one who drew that connection or tried to. But, well, anyway, I've set it up. Let's listen to the president answer the question. I wouldn't use that term. They're making a big mistake not responding. Look, the way they're walking away from the threat of Russia, the way they're walking away from NATO, the way they're walking away from meeting our obligations... It's just shocking. I've been for a while. I've never seen anything like this. Nobody's walked away from NATO. The way they're walking away from NATO. Nobody's walking away from NATO. Who's walking away from NATO? Donald Trump criticized NATO members because they're ripping off the United States of America. Joe Biden doesn't care that NATO is ripping off the United States of America. Not all NATO countries, but a lot of NATO countries. Why, you know, the, the one of the best weapons that the president has, I mean, I guess they now have the executive order pen. Barack Obama found that magic pen and that magic phone, and he can just make law whole cloth, thereby... Uh, he found that hidden clause in the United States Constitution that says... If Congress doesn't do what the president wants, the president has a magic pen in the resolute desk and a magic phone where they can just create laws, sort of make the the, con- the existence of Congress unnecessary. We, we spent a whole lot of time establishing Congress and the Constitution, but it was mostly as a lark because if they don't do the bidding of the powerful executive, which you know would be a little bit weird for people who just fought a war to get rid of a powerful executive that they would then empower a a powerful executive. But hey, you know, those who don't know history are doomed to become liberals. But uh, he's got that thing. He doesn't need the Congress. They don't need the leftists always say they don't need Congress. If Congress won't act, I'll act. Well, if you can act, why do you need Congress to act? Why would they, nobody ever asks those questions in the in the press. I don't get it. It seems pretty obvious to me. By the way, Congress not acting is Congress making a decision. You can either go or not go. We're not going to go. Uh, no, you don't understand. You can either go or not. I understand. We're not going. We're, no, I want you to go. It doesn't matter. We're not going. That's a choice. That's a choice. The Congress is elected to represent the people not the president, not to enable the president. Them not acting is them acting. But sit there and say, well, they're walking away from NATO. Not NATO. 
You should ask, why are we in NATO? Why does NATO still exist? It's a legit question. I realize that you're not allowed to ask a hate crime to ask it. It's a Putin puppet to ask it. There's all sorts of problems with just simply asking a question. It's really weird knowing that there's a political party in this country that's threatened by people asking fairly basic questions, fairly simple questions, too. Just, you know, should, should we be doing this? Nobody asks it. Hey, if Germany isn't willing to pay what they're obligated to pay for their own national defense, how obligated to Germany are we, right? If, say, Germany hasn't paid their union dues in 20 years, they have, but just using them as an example, if they hadn't, and Russia decides to mess with them a little bit, even though they wouldn't because there's countries in between them, how obligated, they would immediately look to us, but how obligated are we to do this? If Russia started saber-rattling toward Germany, wouldn't that be the time to say, well, you know, we, of course, will have your back, but you got to pony up? Wouldn't that be the time? Wouldn't now, if they're genuinely threatened by Russia? Of course, if they're generally threatened by Russia, would it not behoove the President of the United States to tell Germany, for example, they should probably stop funding Russia? They should, if you're afraid of Vladimir Putin, you should probably stop sending Vladimir Putin billions of dollars. What do I mean by that? Well, they get a lot of their energy from Russia. They used to get it from us. Then Joe Biden came in office and said, well, no, we're not going to do that. It'd be wrong. Yeah, we can't have American jobs and American prosperity. Not in the energy sector anyway. We're not going to export things. We're going to stop drilling. We're going to do all of these things. We're not going to export coal. We're not going to export liquid natural gas, etc., etc. We put all sorts of curbs on there long before the liquid natural gas decision. All sorts of curbs on domestic energy production, which then forced Germany into bed with Russia. Well, actually, they didn't force Germany into bed with Russia. Germany force Germany into bed with somebody and then we have to take ourselves out of the running so that by default became Russia they, until they destroyed the Nord Stream 2 pipeline the greatest environmental disaster of the last 20 years perpetrated by the Biden administration probably but meh whatever I don't really care they can punish Russia and they can punish Germany I didn't have a problem with that but it is interesting that Germany started shutting down its domestic energy production. Why? Why would any country do that? Because they're suicidal? Well, yes, but not directly. Everybody knows somebody who seems wildly self-destructive. They seem to have a love for life. They don't, they don't want to die, but they, their lifestyle, it's sedentary, uh, an unhealthy diet. Maybe they smoke, maybe they drink. But they, man, they're the life of the party. They have a blast. They look forward to things. They're not sitting around going, oh, I just want to die. Like, but you're, maybe that's not your direct plan, but that seems to be the end result of what you're pushing there. 
Maybe you should, I don't know, get a stand-up desk. Maybe you should move for a little bit. Just set aside a half an hour to move. I don't have time. Everybody has time. You can choose your priorities. You can find time. You can make time. You can deprioritize. You can, if, the, if your health is your priority or even a priority, you can just say, I'm going to take a little bit of time every day and move around. You can't. Germany is not, Germany's just sitting there eating schnitzel going, meh, what are you going to do? Give me another beer. Meh, bitteres Bier gesehen, Dankeschön. Let's do this thing. They killed their own domestic energy production. They closed their nuclear plants. They outlawed coal, all in the name of sacrificing their economy, I would say themselves, but the people who made the decisions are fine. The people who made the decisions are government officials. They're powerful. They're wealthy. They're, they're fine. These decisions never impact the people who make them. And so they well, we need to find money. For, we need to find energy from somewhere. Wait, so you cut your own supply. Did nothing for demand. In fact, every winter demand goes up. People are getting cold. People can't afford to heat their homes. So you've done nothing to impact demand. There's no massive increase in technology that improves efficiency or anything like that. You just pretty much outlawed the supply, not the need. And so you're importing energy, therefore exporting gigantic sums of money to the very country you say poses a threat, an existential threat to your existence, to your country. You're paying. Vladimir Putin is a dictator. He's a monster who threatens all of Europe. Then why are you sending him billions of dollars? There's a really good... The reason Vladimir Putin holds power, and this is, you know, if you're going to get access to the president, this might be a question somebody would want to ask. The reason Vladimir Putin holds power is because he can afford to buy the people around him, or at least rent the people around him. That One person can't control it all. They have to have henchmen around them to do their bidding, right? The country's too damn big. The government is too damn big to do it. In order to buy these people, you have to, they're all, you know, the oligarchs. They have to have money coming. There has to be money around you. You can't buy somebody on goodwill. You can't buy somebody with loyal friendship. Vladimir Putin, that type of people, they don't have loyal friends, right? They don't. It's like, oh, I know I haven't made a single dime off of this guy in my life, but I would die for him because he's so one. No, he wouldn't. Those types of people don't have it. It is money. Giving that person money keeps them in power. The second the gravy train stops flowing, I mean, there's a reason that they try to sanction everybody in his circle of friends, right? You can't conduct business. You can't access money outside of certain countries. Well, they just, that sucks if you really want to go to New York and to the Met Gala or something. But in general, because you can't access your money outside of there, your money will be seized. You still go to Switzerland. You can still go to most of Asia. You can go to, there are a lot of places in the world you can still go with your billions of dollars. These people aren't dumb. They know how to move their money around. And the money keeps rolling in. You see these giant mega yachts. 
owned by Russian oligarch Sergei you never heard of ski okay you stop money going to Russia all of it filters through Putin and then he distributes it to his friends the people who keep him in power then suddenly his grip on power starts to loosen he loses starts to slip a little bit starts to become problematic instead of doing that hitting Putin where it hurts they sanction him okay they sanction him he's not going to be able to vacation in Los Angeles he's not going to be able to attend the Oscars this year congratulations but you're allowing billions of dollars to go to him Joe Biden is allowing billions of dollars to go to Russia that then can be used by Putin to maintain his grip on power because Joe Biden is kowtowing to the greenies here which is more important appeasing Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez or defeating a totalitarian dictator who is invading his neighbors who is threatening all of Europe who is threatening world stability which is more important well which do you think holds more votes for Joe Biden in November appeasing the greenies or standing up to the reds actually he needs the reds in this country so he's going the green is the new red they're watermelons they're green on the outside red on the inside so for all the whining and complaining about oh putin is a threat to this and putin is a threat we are enabling we meaning this country are enabling and our allies are enabling vladimir putin because we're not willing, our leadership is not willing to stand up to the people who create an environment, create a circumstance, demand a circumstance that empowers Putin, that emboldens and enriches Vladimir Putin. If we supplied energy to Europe and Europe stopped being so damn stupid and reactivated the nuclear power plants that they did and burned some coal in the interim while they're developing their hippie technologies and building more nuclear power plants if they became energy sufficient Putin would not be able to last all that Russia has that matters on a scale that matters is energy production why because they're not beholden to these hippie leftist lunatics that go you know what the western civilization is the problem we need to go back to the dark ages energy is bad electricity is bad people need to freeze to death blah 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 they're not having that they look at it and they go we can get money for this let's do it and they're raking in hundreds of billions of dollars in energy production think about what else Russia produces besides oil and coal. Not a lot. When's the last time you saw some? I guess maybe they uh, there's some caviar, a couple other things. There's not a whole hell of a lot coming out of Russia. The best vodka isn't even made in Russia anymore. And a lot of the Russian vodka got the hell out of Russia. So take a look at the bottle of uh, Smirnoff or Stolichnia, whatever. Take a look at that. See where it's manufactured. See where it's bottled. We, the West, are the ones who are enabling Putin 
while saying he's the greatest threat to democracy, this threat to freedom, the threat to this, the threat. Our actions from our leaders, from our stupid leaders, are the ones who are keeping him in power. We have the ability to stop him, to really hurt him where he lives. Instead, political leadership runs away going, oh, what if we did that? AOC would not be pleased. The mutant mobs that are going out against the Jews right now might go against Democrats. They worry about that thing. They need those people's votes. They can only manufacture so many votes. They do. There is a margin by which Republicans get win that the Democrats can't cheat, right? They can make up a point or two, but they can't make up more than that. They need the people to vote. If their little mutant army doesn't show up, they're screwed no matter how hard they cheat. So they bow to that. They enable and empower tyranny, the very threat they say poses the greatest to democracy. The old saying, you know, if you're pointing a finger at somebody, there are three fingers pointing back at you. It's true here. I just want you to, to think of all that garbage when you hear these leftists whine, Republicans aren't acting, Republicans aren't doing this, Republicans aren't doing The reason Putin is in power and has such a firm grip on power is because these Democrats refuse to hit him where it hurts the most. Now, are they trying to hit him where it hurts the most? Are they refusing to hit him where it hurts the most because they're afraid of him, because they uh, don't care? Or what? I, I believe it is because they are more interested in pandering to their radical base than anything else. That's it. They are more afraid of the AOCs of the world than they are of the Vladimir Putins of the world. Although they'll tell you Vladimir Putin is the worst thing history's greatest. They could, they could damage him. Would it be immediate? Would he be tossed out on his rear end? Would he, No, probably not. It would take a little while. But it would eventually happen because he wouldn't have the ability to buy off the people around him. The people needed to keep his grip on the country. You get rid of his ability to do that and the whole dynamic changes. All of his paranoia would have to, would come to the forefront. He would have to, you know, be suspecting his allies. Right now, he doesn't really have anything to worry about from his allies. If somebody's overly ambitious, I suppose. But in general, who wants the reins of power when you can have all the trappings of power without the reins, without the responsibility, without you're close to power, you get the money, you get the, you know, the whatever it is that comes with power in Russia, you benefit from the corruption, but you don't have the responsibility. The peasant mob, when they rise up, were they to rise up, don't necessarily burn you in effigy. They probably don't really know all that much about who you are or that you exist, right? So that's a pretty good position to be in if you're going to be in a position at all relative to these corrupt governments. 
but you're completely and totally dependent on that person. There's money. The money's coming in and it's going out as quickly as it's coming in. That's why Putin needs to be able to sell his energy. You can put all sorts of individual sanctions on individual Russians that you want. But if you don't hit him where it really hurts, it doesn't matter. Oh, no, I can't go vacation in Canada. Anybody ever want to go vacation in Canada? So you listen to these people talk about how Republicans are the problem. They could solve a lot of the problem if they'd simply stand up to their radical fringe, but they don't have any adults in the room. Most of these problems they talk about are problems of their own creation. And they suddenly, that party's creation, that philosophy's creation, and then suddenly they've got the solution for it. We got the cure for what ails you. It'd be like Philip Morris coming out with a treatment for lung cancer. Oh, the irony. Of course, it doesn't work. It's just, it's just addictive. This is from the Daily Caller News Foundation about immigration, for example. President Joe Biden may take executive action to clamp down on the southern border crisis, even though he has repeatedly insisted he's unable to do so without Congress's blessing. What? Yeah. Biden may take such action ahead of the State of the Union address on March 7th, which he hopes to use as an opportunity to overcome concerns about his fitness for the presidency, Axios reported on Monday. Biden and the White House have issued multiple times in, or insisted multiple times since October he needs Congress to first give him the power to start addressing the crisis and blamed House Republicans for stonewalling a supplemental bill that he alleges would have given him such authority. The Biden administration sent its supplemental funding request to Congress in October to address a variety of issues, including international aid, military spending agreements, and border security funding. The White House said in October that Republican congressional members need to, quote, stop playing games with border security, end quote, and sign off on Biden's request. Let me, quote, let me be clear. We need real solutions. I support real solutions at the border, Biden said during a press conference on December 6th. I've made it clear that we need Congress to make changes to fix what is a broken immigration system because we all know it's broken. Republicans have to decide if they want a political issue or if they want a solution at the border. Do they really want a solution? It cannot be sustained as it is now. It cannot be sustained as it is now, end quote, because you've refused to enforce the law. Now that they're considering executive action to deal with this, things have changed rather dramatically. Now, the State of the Union address, the Biden team is looking at this to be a, a reset for the campaign. Axios, the Axios story cited in there. Biden officials see next month's State of the Union address as a big public reset moment, a chance to overcome or at least neutralize concerns about President Biden's age and vitality. 
Many top Democrats are convinced that if the election were today, Biden would lose a rematch with former President Donald Trump. Biden's address on March 7th is his biggest chance to shift public perceptions. You know, it's weird. It's a very controlled environment. This is his biggest chance. They're getting geared up for the State of the Union address. Um, he had a chance to address an audience, I don't know, five, ten times larger than the one that will watch a State of the Union address. Even though, well, it's on all the broadcast networks. Yeah, people will just flip away. People are not interested. He had a chance to answer questions and, and be a part of the Super Bowl. 124 million or whatever the hell it was. It was a record. Uh, people watching the Super Bowl. A lot of them would have tuned out during this, but still, you're looking at an audience significantly larger than anything the State of the Union would ever get, and he passed on it. Why did he pass on it? And why would he be taking this up? Well, this is a very controlled controlled environment, a controlled situation. The president goes in there, they give him whatever uppers they fill him up with, and Adderall, they caffeinate him. So he goes in there and he's awake past seven o'clock. He can come in, his pupils will be dilated like a baby doll, like a shark. And he will read the teleprompter as rehearsed, and they will have rehearsed it for probably a week beforehand. They will hope that whatever cognizant medicine that treats his dementia will have they'll know they know when to give it to him so it has maximum effect he'll be able to give a speech or i should say he'll be able to recite a speech what he won't be able to do and what they can't get him to do and why they don't why they passed on the super bowl is they can't make him think on his feet and it's so bad that they'll, they'll, they'll agree to the state. If they didn't agree to the State of the Union, my God, there would be, I mean, you, you talk about a panic. If the president goes, you know what, I'm going to do what the, first of all, the State of the Union, the Constitution calls for a report on the State of the Union from time to time, not every year. And many presidents up until the modern era, until TV, until they were able to pander, delivered the State of the Union information in writing. They just sent a message up to Congress. They didn't actually go there and give a speech. If Bert Biden had reverted back to that, personally, I'd be grateful. But uh, everybody would go, my God, what's wrong with him? And rightly, I mean, I'm already going, my God, what's wrong with him? So I'm not concerned about that. I'm just concerned about how boring he is and how much he'll lie. But the State of the Union has become a show where I'm sure there'll be God, we could probably do a, a pool on who is going, what what ailments, what victimization group, people who are in the gallery as guests of the First Lady will be. There's going to be a trans act. You know there's got to be a trans activist up there. There's going to be somebody who had to uh, really want to get an abortion but had to go someplace and had to cross the state line it's going to be presented as a major major hardship that will be up there because abortion is all they've got can't imagine maybe they'll get the uh we should uh invite they should invite the author of gender queer 
and all these other books that they're so absolutely desperate to keep in elementary school libraries. Up there. They won't. They'll find somebody who's fairly innocuous who wrote a book, and they're trying to ban it. Right there, this book is nothing but about black history or something like that. And they'll get a standing ovation, and everybody will go, oh, what a hero, so brave. And they won't talk about how nobody's really banning any books. You know what I think would be good? The Speaker of the House invites the President of the United States to come up and give the State of the Union address. It's up to the Speaker. The Speaker controls the House. The event takes place in the House. The Speaker of the House should make the speech at like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Forget prime time. Make it 2 o'clock in the afternoon. How funny would that be? The president will refuse to, we want to do a, no, you give a speech, they'll have clips, they'll be able to do everything. Give them as small an audience as possible. Let's see what the reaction is. I would love to, do, I don't know why they ask every year to come up and give the State of the Union, especially during election years, any party. The State of the Union is just a, a show now anyway. It, sh it can't be done away with without a change in the Constitution, but it doesn't have to be done every year and it doesn't have to be done in person it would be nice if we had a speaker of the house who sort of acknowledged that of course the left would throw a fit but they're looking to use this for political purposes they're looking to use this as a campaign reset which is well politicizing the house of representatives politicizing congress you're not allowed to engage in politics on those grounds in that place. Why would the president be allowed to? Says many top Democrats are convinced that blah, 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 blah. Biden's State of the Union address played well last year. He seemed agile and riffed about the GOP and Social Security. He read a teleprompter. Officials close to him needing a repeat triumph will spend hours on everything from the text to his physical preparation to exploit the primetime moment. <laughs> Telling you. Quote, everyone around him is well aware, well aware of the need to jack his campaign up, a source close to Biden said. The only way to deal with the negative aftershock of the special counsel's report is for the president to be out there, to be visible, to be strong, uh, a persistent and strong voice, stronger presence and strong voice, end quote. He could do interviews. You know, if you really, the, I go back to that John Stewart monologue, where you're like, oh, everybody's talking in his cabinet. Boy, in private, in these meetings, he is vigorous. He knows what he's, boy, howdy, the guy's on the ball and nobody... Nobody leads a meeting quite like Joe Biden. Anybody film that? If he is able to do all of these things, look, there's a lot of people who when a camera's on them, they get wildly nervous, they freeze up. It's, it's natural. It's more natural than unnatural, to be honest with you. They freeze up and they go, oh, geez. <clears throat> they, it, it's like what happens in a courtroom. If you've ever been in uh, witnessing a court proceeding and then you watch court TV, and you go, wait a second, I was on a jury for an attempted murder trial last two days. Court TV, the attempted murder trial lasts six weeks. How's that possible? Because you're playing for the cameras. You're not even pandering to the jury anymore. You're playing to the cameras. It's the home audience. It's the celebrity. You put a camera on something and it changes it. 
It changes human behavior. That's why reality TV is nothing close to reality. They, they do separate multiple takes in reality TV. They're just capturing the moment. No, they're not. They're manufacturing the moment. I watch, not proud of it, but I watch Vanderpump Rules. Proud, you know what? I am proud of it. Tell it. I watch Vanderpump Rules, and there was a big cheating scandal there. And, uh, oh, man, the one uh, woman who was cheated on became the martyr, this victim, and became really kind of a horrible person. And even though she was the victim of that, she became a horrible person. And they not they don't want anything to do with each other, yet they're both cast on a show where they take vacations together, where they go to events together. They know full well. They always pretend, so-and-so, he just showed up. They know he showed up. They know he showed up. They've seen the call sheet. Everybody knows. Look, you want to keep getting the money you're getting for this TV show. And let's be honest, you don't really have a whole bunch of marketable skills. Otherwise, you've got to be around your ex. Or you can quit the show. Those are your options. I have more respect for the one woman who quit the show who was the other woman because she quit the show. It's like, you know what? I don't want to be a part. I don't want to exploit that. I don't want to be seen as this. Boom, she's gone. Good for her. Everybody else is like, yeah, you know what? I guess we'll have to fake our energy, fake arguments, fake outrage, all this crap. State of the Union address isn't much different than that. It's not a reflection of the President of the United States, of his mental capacity, of his awareness. Not at all. Does he have the ability to think on his feet? That's a little bit different. To think on your feet is not the same as reading a teleprompter while standing up. Thinking on your feet is more of a figure of speech. Reading a teleprompter while standing up is the State of the Union address. If Joe can't do that, then Democrats are really... I don't even... I don't think Democrats could hide that if Joe couldn't stand up and read a teleprompter. But they can hide a lot of other things by simply turning on... The uh, turning down the chance to be interviewed on the Super Bowl and things like that. I'm much more interested in seeing Joe Biden asked questions, even by a friendly reporter at this point, than I am anything he could read off a teleprompter whilst high on God knows what they're going to pump him through. I wonder if they get that stuff from Hunter. I want to talk for a second about the, the fund, fundraising tactics where we talk about the the trans issue in the Kansas City thing. Because it works. It bothers me that this works. It bothers me that the people, some people are dumb enough for this to fall for this. And I get the, I don't know, maybe Republicans do the same thing I'm not actually signed up for, probably because I don't want to be disgusted by the Republican fundraising tactics, which are more than likely pretty similar. But the Democratic Senatorial Campaign Committee does this. The The, the House does Democrats in the House, Nancy Pelosi does. Every individual candidate does it. I guess I get Carrie Lake email. She was saying like it was going to be a 30 times impact, which didn't make any sense. And I'm not sure how that works. But the subject line is triple, your, your tripled donation. Like, oh, triple donation. What's going on here? What kind of magic money-eating unicorn have they found that consumes dollar bills and poops fives? or $3 bills, or whatever, until you read it. There's triple match, and there's an exclamation point at the beginning, and 
one at the end. They're both upright, so it's semi-cultural appropriation. Says these eight Democrats need your help to win re-elections. John Tester in Montana, Amy Klobuchar in Minnesota, Sherrod Brown in Ohio, Tammy Baldwin in Wisconsin, Jackie Rosen in Nevada, Maisie Hirono in Hawaii. Maisie Hirono is one of the dumbest human beings to... Like, honestly, it's not even just in Congress. She's one of the dumbest human beings you'll ever encounter in your life. She is wildly stupid. But she's a Democrat in Hawaii. She's safe. I don't know why she's on this list. Bob Casey up there in uh, Pennsylvania and Elizabeth Warren in Massachusetts. Now, Elizabeth Warren, again, is safe. There can't be any more. I guess there could be corruption revelations about Elizabeth Warren where she got richer Somehow, while in office, I'm, well, she did. Nobody goes to Washington. Only Donald Trump goes to Washington and comes away poor. The rest of the established establishment, they find ways to get, they, they cheat. The one guy who comes to town saying, I don't need to get rich. I don't want to get rich, gets poor. They, they don't understand him. They don't understand somebody who goes, you have a position to, you're in a position to, to make a lot of money. And you don't want to? What? How is that? What's wrong with you? They can't fathom somebody like that. They simply cannot do it. But Elizabeth Warren, she's gotten jobs pretending to have Native American blood. She had, I, I thought one time that I would, you know, before I was able to go back to college, I thought, you know what? I can just lie about having a degree. Nobody's going to check it out. And I probably could have. I honestly probably could. Most people, now, I, maybe they do a more thorough check. But I've never heard of anybody actually contacting a university for proof of a degree. It's usually people who are, well, it's usually Republicans running for office, and they go, well, let's see if there's any proof of this. They'll fact Democrats, they don't fact check. No interest in Barack Obama's transcripts. Joe Biden has lied about his academic background and accomplishments. They don't even mention it. I was an honor student. I, he wasn't an honor student. I graduated the top half of my... You know, you didn't. You were like seventh from the bottom of your class in law school. You've always been dumb, Joe. You've always been a fabulous, too. Doesn't get reported, doesn't. Donald Trump lies constantly. Joe Biden's life is a lie, right? From the moment his wife was killed by a drunk driver. Huh? His wife wasn't killed by a drunk driver. There's questions as to who was at fault for the accident. I'm going to cast aspersions on anybody, but I'm just pointing out that nobody really knows. We know that the guy wasn't drunk. We know that Joe said he was drunk, that the family said, knock it off or we're going to sue, and he stopped. Now, if your wife was killed by a drunk driver, your response would not be, well, all right, then I'll stop. Your response would be, go to hell, buddy. Sue me. If they really were a drunk driver. They weren't. Joe shut up. Joe's life, Bo Biden, he'd lost his son in Iraq. He didn't lose his son in Iraq. His son hadn't been in Iraq for, what, four or five years when he died. He's one of the few people who got a nine-month deployment or seven-month deployment, whatever it is. Most people had to go overseas for a year. Somehow, the vice president's son gets a truncated deployment. Hmm. Weird. Anyway... Elizabeth Warren is one of the people they say is up for grabs here. Elizabeth Warren is not going to lose her reelection. As much as Lord knows I would love that. 
<laughs> as much as I would love to see her lose. And man, I would dance on that political grave like you wouldn't believe. It's simply not going to happen. But they're throwing her in there because, let's face it, to the progressive left, to dumb people, no offense, but to dumb people who are the uh, inclined to give to Democrats, she's a hero. So you throw in, in Maisie Hirono, I don't know why you throw in Maisie Hirono, because otherwise it's, otherwise the Democratic field looks like a snowstorm. Honestly, that's, I'm just looking at it now. Maisie Hirono is as close as they can come to an ethnic minority up this election cycle. Democrats love to celebrate diversity, like straight, white, rich, straight, white, rich, straight, white, rich, straight, white, rich, uh, straight, white, rich, straight, white, rich, straight, white, pretended to be Native American, rich, and then, uh, oh, uh, Asian, straight, white, or straight, rich, Asian. Okay, now they celebrate diversity. And so this fundraising email really doesn't show anything other than a map of the United States, the headshots of all of these white people with Maisie Hirono thrown in. <laughs> Maisie, Maisie Hirono? Really? This is, this is the deal? Maisie Hirono is up for... Gra- Boy, howdy, it could be close. Now, Elizabeth Warren won in 2018 with 60% of the vote, literally 60% of the vote to 36% of the vote. And you go, huh, okay, well, she's not really under threat of losing. And then you've got idiot Maisie Hirono. Honestly, Maisie Hirono won with 71.15% of the vote in 2018. It's so bad. So bad. It's 28% to the Republican, 71% to Hirono. And they just go, well, she's just dumb. She's, she's, she's sniffed to too much glue, like the good glue, the model glue, not Elmer's glue. She ate a bunch of Elmer's glue. She's that dumb. But she was, it was such a foregone conclusion that Wikipedia doesn't even have a picture of her opponent in the 2018 election. Some guy named Ron Curtis. He doesn't have a picture. Huh? Ron Curtis doesn't have a picture and doesn't have a Wikipedia entry. That's how Republicans kind of just said, there's no point in going. This this brain-damaged moron is going to win. No point in putting anybody up, putting any money into it. That's that's how bad it was. And they're going, oh, no, these, these, these Democrats are up. Man, these Democrats need your help. And your is all in caps, so you know they're serious. Your help to win re-election. Maisie Hirono could be, well, Maisie Hirono and win re-election. That's how big a foregone conclusion Maisie Hirono's re-election campaign is. It's over. But again, she's the only off-white person running, so they go, we got to pretend we're diverse. We're celebrating diversity. So it says, we must defend every seat to hold the Senate majority. Donate any amount to triple your impact. And you go, huh? What? Triple triple your impact. Now, what do you mean, triple your impact? Well, it says right here, donate $5, becomes 15 How does it become 15 Donate $20, becomes $60. Well, 
I could dig up 50 bucks right now. I'm not going to give it to a Democratic candidate, but could you please feed it to the magical cash-pooping unicorn that you clearly have tied up in a barn somewhere? I would like to give it this this 50 bucks and get 150 back. In fact, I just thought of a way that we that we can pay off our national debt. Let's take this magical thing, the Penn and Teller thing, the David Copperfield or David Blaine or whatever your flavor of the month magician is that they've got apparently working for them round the clock. And let's print up, um, I'd say a trillion dollar bill, but it's we're well past that. Let's print up a $10 trillion bill. We only need one. And we'll feed it to this unicorn. We'll probably have to fill it full of fiber because it'd take a little bit to pass through this thing. But uh, let it poop out $30 trillion and then we're almost all the way to paying off our national debt. Or you can look at these emails and these scams and go, huh, this is a lie. They're just trying to get me to... Give them more money. To give them any money. They really just, what they need to do is they need to, once they get the credit card information on the Act Blue website, it becomes very easy. Once you get somebody to give, it's much easier to get people to give again. It's much easier to get people to continue to give. And so all of these fundraising emails are designed to create, to break the dam to convince new people to go, all right, well, I'll get, if it's going to be 30 bucks, I'll give 10. But the trick is, the catch is, the fact is, the reality is, this is impossible. Now, sometimes they give more details. This is all just a bunch of pictures in this email because I think they realize that a lot of their Democratic donor base can't read. But I literally, I read you every, every word in this thing, except for where it says rush another amount and before the match expires. A lot of times they have a story. We've got a very generous donor who will match, triple match for the next 24 hours, every dollar given to my campaign, to the party, to the whatever. And you go, oh, that's a pretty generous donor. And then they get panicked emails later on. It's usually near deadlines where the FCC filing dead, or FEC filing deadlines, where they go, oh, we need to meet this deadline. So a donor stepped up and they'll say they'll, they'll match, triple match, quadruple every dollar you give. Like, oh, okay, great. Dumb people think that. But there are limits to the amount of money you can give to a campaign legally. There are limits to the amount of money you can give to a political party legally. By law, you can give all you want to a super PAC, but to a campaign... I think it's like, to an individual campaign, it's like $2,700. Somewhere in that neighborhood. They've probably increased it a little bit. So if you give $500 and it becomes $1,500 because this generous donor has decided to triplet, that's $1,000 on them. Three people do that, that person's maxed out. There's no matching. There's no nothing. You don't get an exemption. There is no exemption in the law that says, unless you really want to be generous and you can't give more than $3,000 to a political campaign unless you do it in a matching way, then it's no holds barred. Then you're just, you can't do that. 
the whole thing, the whole concept is a lie. You're being lied to. I don't care if it's a Republican, a Democrat, independent, anybody, for any office whatsoever, there is no matching things. You get this thing with charities a lot, too. Somebody has decided they anonymously that they will match donations up to $100 or $100,000 that are given over the course of the rest of the day. You go, okay. So if you only raise $20,000, they're only going to... They said, well, I'll give you up to 100000 I care so much about this charitable cause. I'll give you up to 100000 And then they go, well, we only raised twenty. And so that guy who, or woman, that person who cares so desperately about this cause that they were willing to give up to 100000 says, well, you only got twenty. All right, I'm going to give you twenty. I'm going to take my eighty. I'm going to go to the casino and the strip club. My always question is, what do you... It, it, it's all a lie there, too. It is straight up. If, if somebody's inclined to give 100000 they're going to give 100000 right? Nobody's going to go, I promise to give you up to 100000 and then publicly, then they go, you only, you only raised twelve, so to hell with you. Politicians, it's a little bit different. Sometimes for charities, there are actual people and they do it sort of as an incentive to go, hey... I can double my impact or whatever, but if the person doesn't put up the whole amount, regardless of what is raised, they're they're pretty sketchy. But in politics, it's impossible. It is illegal. You will go to jail if you give, or at least you, if you're a Republican, you'll go to jail. Now, I'm not a big fan of Dinesh D'Souza. I think you know his two thousand people still cite. What about two thousand mules? The group that he got the information from said they had under, in court, under oath, meaning in the sworn statement, said they had no proof of to back up their claims of voter fraud. Like, you're the basis of this movie. Well, the movie was made to make money. Nothing against making money, but don't pretend that you... Because he, if I had the proof, if I had irrefutable proof, or even, you know, not quite irrefutable, but pretty damning proof that stands up to scrutiny of a major crime, the crime of the century, I wouldn't then move on to my next grift. I wouldn't move on to my next movie. I wouldn't shut up talking about it. I'd find a prosecutor to get, to prosecute, to get to the bottom of this. It happened in Georgia. You've got not just, if, if the Democrats can sick Fannie Willis, because she's a local Democrat prosecutor, there's more local Republican prosecutor. You could find somebody to bring cases. Nobody's brought any cases. Nobody's brought anything. This stuff doesn't stand up to scrutiny, and they moved on. And then they moved on to the next one. It was a police state. Oh, my God, it's a police state. Oh, horrible, horrible, horrible. And that one didn't do so well. And they moved on. If you've got this information that the world absolutely needs to know, you don't move on from it. You don't shut up about it. Anyway, you can't double and triple your money. If you want to give to a candidate, give to a candidate. Don't be hyped or scammed into giving to a candidate. That's all I'm advising. I don't care what you do with your money. As long as you go into it with your eyes wide open and are aware that uh, you're being lied to. If you had no problem with it, so what? But if you really think you're having double and triple the impact, you are not. You are not. All right, so um, we had, in addition to the scams in the fundraising world, we had a 
a shooting in Kansas City. Now, this was news. It's not news anymore. It's weird how it's not news anymore. The news is now what Ann Coulter said about it. We had a shooting in Kansas City at the Super Bowl parade. Never happened before, they always say. The left was, of course, quick to blame the inanimate object. It was the inanimate object's fault. Not the people wielding the inanimate object, but the inanimate object's fault. And we must ban the inanimate object, blah, blah, blah. But we have footage of, at least from the air, of people tackling the shooter. It was great. It was the one time, thankfully, where somebody put their phones down or didn't pull their phones out in the first place and actually took action. And they caught the alleged shooters. They tackled them. You can see the footage of it. It's from far away, so we don't really know much of them. And then, since then, we haven't really learned much about them at all. It's where we know that they are minors. Minors. Not the strap a flashlight to your head and go underground type of people, but underage, which makes it even more disturbing. They shot, 22 people were wounded. They killed the DJ. We don't know the motivation. There's no real deep exploration by the media about what happened here, right? It reminds me of the uh, the trans shooting in Nashville. Once they found out it was, they found out there were many of them, uh, not Nashville, but many trans shootings. Once they find out, oh, this person is... Uh, a trans, a member of the trans community. It's a get out of jail, get out of responsibility free card. They just ignore it. It goes away. It's like Serve Pro came in. They suck everything up and it never even happened. It took a year and it took a blogger to get the trans shooter's manifesto. The government, they still haven't officially released it. We don't have the whole thing. They don't want you to know that this person was a hate monger who was probably inspired by MSNBC, right? They made the mistake of not memory-holing James Hodgkinson's social media fast enough that we learned that he was a big Rachel Maddow fan, that he was a big MSNBC viewer. And like, oh, we can't do that again. So they quickly... They don't even allow the ask, and they quickly they get rid of anything. They don't even allow the questions to be asked anymore. So, the same thing kind of is happening here. It's rather curious. One person was murdered, and there's no real appetite. Public shooting, public maybe a public execution. We don't know. There was. 22 people, mostly children, injured. Now, we're told repeatedly by the left about how they care for children more so than anybody else. And not just more so, the more they care for children more than anybody else. They care for children more than anybody else cares for children. They want to protect children so much. And the only way to protect children is to curtail everybody's rights. You go, huh, that's... There's a disconnect there. Don't want to talk about that, but whatever. So, this shooting, majority of victims being children, is curiously, they're incurious about it. 
So, Ann Coulter speculated that if the shooter were white, we would know immediately. Because we know about Nick Sandman. Nick Sandman didn't commit a crime. All he did was have some uh, drunk, I don't know if he was drunk or not, some poorly dentaled, anyway, Native American activist who claimed falsely to have served in Vietnam. He did not. He marched up to Nick Sandman, minding his own business, in a school, in a group of high school kids, banging a drum right in his face. And Nick Sandman kind of just stood there going, what the hell am I supposed to do with this guy? I hope he doesn't breathe on me. We knew about that guy. We knew about his family. We knew where he lived. We knew his first and last name. If you wanted to go and get him, you could. Uh, MSNBC and CNN gave everything you needed to know about how to track him down. That day. That day. And then for a week afterwards, they talked about how he's perhaps history's greatest monster. Kyle Rittenhouse, 17 years old, a minor knew his name. They said he was killing black men. He didn't. He shot people trying to shoot him, trying to kill him. Self-defense, the jury found it. No question about it whatsoever, but they will lie because it's what they do. It's what they have to do. The truth is not their friend. They have to lie. It's pretty simple. If the truth doesn't work for you, you, you find something else. There's a word for something else that is something other than the truth. You can find example after example. That little kid, that little kid, he was like seven years old. We know his name, who painted his face up because he was a Chiefs fan. And Deadspin took a picture somebody took of half of his face, the black half. He painted his face black and red. Found the black half. Oh, he's wearing a Native American headdress, and he's doing blackface. The NFL needs to really address the racism of these young children fans of the NFL. You know, wait a second. He's Native American, so he can wear whatever the hell he wants, all right? You wanna, if you're really concerned... Mr. B uh, Deadspin writer who happens to be black, if you're really concerned with cultural appropriation, where's your column about Joy Reid being blonde? I'd love to see that column about Joy Reid being blonde. I don't know a lot, but I know some things, and I know that ain't natural, right? But no, there is no column about Joy Reid being blonde. It's about this kid wearing a Native American headdress. And now it turns out he's Native American. They go, oh, okay. Got to give him a pass on that. And oh, half of his face was red. Half of, It's the team colors. He was there. So, oh, sorry about that. And so they, instead of apologizing, instead of retracting the story, instead of doing a mea culpa and driving, you know, a suitcase full of money over to his house going, sorry about that. We probably shouldn't be jackasses right out of the gate first thing instead of doing any of that they said no we weren't attacking the kid we were talking about the race problem in the nfl oh yes the only place where the race problem is worse than the nfl is the nba what 97 percent of the players in the nba are black and in the nfl they're like 70 percent of the players are black oh would that we were all so oppressed right you want to talk about Equity? You don't want to talk about equity under all circumstances. You want to talk about equity in certain circumstances. And in other circumstances, merit is perfectly fine. Merit is the preferred method when you got a sports book sponsor. 
Well, the mayor of Kansas City is a guy named Quentin Lucas. He appeared on a local radio show. I think it was the local NPR. It sounds like the local NPR thing. Sounds that boring. But he was asked because Governor Mike, uh, Mike Parson of Missouri made a statement calling the two people, kids, whatever age they are, we don't know, who shot 22 people and murdered one, shooting willy-nilly into a crowd for whatever reason, and a lot. You got to shoot a lot to shoot 22 people. I mean, maybe a couple of bullets hit a couple of people, but you got to at least have two illegal guns because they would be illegal for these underage people to, uh, these juveniles to possess. And you got to say, what, a 10-round magazine in each? So maybe you've just emptied them out. That would explain why they were able to be tackled and uh, didn't shoot anybody in the process of being apprehended. But the governor referred to these monsters. No, well, they're children. They're monsters. I don't care. As thugs. Because, well, they're thugs. But the mayor of Kansas City, Quentin Lucas, is a good little Democrat. He's a good little Democrat. And he understands the role he has to play. And he understands what has to be said whenever anybody refers to young black men as thugs. And you go, well, what is that? Well, it's pretty simple. It's racist. It's a dog whistle, especially if a Republican does it. And Mike Parson committed the crime of being a Republican, referring to two black kids or men. I don't know if they're 15 and up. I consider them men and try them as adults, as thugs. And so the mayor, Quentin Lucas, takes issue with what the governor said. He doesn't seem to have too much of an issue. He's playing right along. You don't, not going to, they're juveniles. We can't do this. And he plays the, this is a racist dog whistle. Now the media has not told anybody, they know, and the political class has not told anybody that these kids are actually black. They haven't told them that they're Hispanic. They haven't told them that they're white. They haven't said anything. Ann Coulter said on Bill Maher that if they were white, You'd know about it. They'd report on it. They would have been uh, outed by now. The mayor, while expressing outrage at what the governor said, does finally, passively at least, admit that kind of what Ann Coulter said was true. He's going to join us later on in this program. After the shooting, he said, we can't let some thugs and criminals just take over and ruin what happened. I gather that's not quite your assessment of what happened that day. I have respect for the governor. Uh, we get along well. I, I disagree strongly with uh, how he would describe that situation. I, I certainly do think this was criminal activity. It was lawlessness, and I think that uh, that's troubling. But thugs is a dog whistle in the most classic sense. And I have seen this dog whistle time and again. There's this kind of giant conservative theory on social media now that the reason that monk shots haven't been shown is because the purported defendants are black. And if it were a white defendant, we would have just shown them. That is absolutely preposterous. There are protections to juveniles. 
Absolutely preposterous. This is a racist dog whistle. It's only a racist dog whistle in the minds of liberals if the people to whom uh, to are, who are being referred to as thugs are black. You can call white people whatever you want. You can call Asian people whatever you want. You can call Hispanic people damn near anything you want. Black people, you can't use the word thugs. Even when it's appropriate. Even when it's unambiguously the proper term. Would you prefer monsters? No, because then you'd be otherizing. It'd be this, you'd be that. You'd be the other thing. But don't you love it? I I certainly agree this is criminal. Oh, when did St. Louis... Or not St. Louis. When did Kansas City get so judgy? All they did was shoot 22 people. Come on, man. See, that's wildly stupid. I agree that what they did was was criminal and wrong. Oh, well, you're going out on that moral. You're going about as far out on the moral limb as the trunk. I don't support people's. I just want to be on record in saying that uh, when it comes to multiple shootings, 15 is my limit. You go above 15, and I have a problem. I won't call you a thug, not at all, but I will say that uh, more than 15 is criminal activity, and it should be frowned upon, and perhaps the perpetrators should be grounded, at least given a couple of nights' detention, maybe, Maybe you do something like the Breakfast Club and ruin a Saturday for them, but calling them thugs? Why, that's just a bridge too far. And how dare anybody say such a thing? Really? This is the priority? This is where the outrage is? Did you, which does he seem angrier at? The use of the word thugs or the attempted murder of dozens of people? you... You can decide for yourself. I don't think you need me to hold your hand down that little primrose path, but I think it's pretty obvious. But this is the situation. We don't know anything about this. Were there other people involved? We don't know. How many times have you seen a news story? And I've highlighted some of them on the show where you're like, hey, um, there's a shooting. Two people are dead. Police are looking for suspects. You're like, okay, well, there's literally no description of the suspect. It's a public thing. There's surveillance cameras almost everywhere. You mean you have no idea who did this? Like something horrible happens inside of a house or inside of a building, I could see, okay, they don't really know. They'd somehow, they'd have some idea usually, eventually. But they said police are looking for a young man in his 20s. Two people were shot on the street and nobody has a description because a decision was made a few years ago by the media to omit that information and by liberal politicians, the political class, to omit that information. Why? Because the decision was made or the decree was handed down that it was detrimental, that it was racist, that it would cause racism. If you pointed out who various shooters were, if you looked like, well, if you're looking for somebody, if somebody's on the loose and you have no physical description of them, you're not allowed to give a physical description of them, aside from maybe male, but then who knows? Are you allowed to judge anybody like that? Height, clothing, of course, give you clothing. 
Well, what does that mean? You just take your jacket off and you get away with it? It's like, well, he was, he was wearing a red jacket. And then a red jacket would disappear. He just turned invisible right then and there. No. All of this crap. The easiest way to identify somebody you're looking for is to just tell you, tell the public, tell people what they look like. Here's what they look like. Here's what we're looking for. A white male, five foot eight, 200 pounds, or a black male, five foot nine, 180, whatever it is. But they don't do that anymore. This example out of Kansas City is just one of many. But it's, it's just an indication of how stupid we've become as a society. How dumb we've gotten as a culture. Celebrate diversity, but don't acknowledge it in any way, shape, or form in a way that could be detrimental or help police or do anything. All of this stuff comes back to, just like that report the other day, the audio I played on the show of the professor from Harvard, the economist, who went through all the data and said there's no, there's actually no racial disparity in shootings by police. There's none. We looked for it. We wanted to find it. My life would be so much easier if we did, but we can't find it. It doesn't exist. And they go, well, don't publish that. Don't put that out there. Your, your career will be ruined. And his life was threatened. You had to be under, ironically, police protection from the people who tell you that the police are trying to kill people like him. Black man needed to be protected by the police from a mob, probably mostly white mob, because he found something that they find inconvenient. Well, we're so screwed as a country. November could not have higher stakes. It really can't. And it's on every level. It's not just the big things. It's not just the economy. It's, it's things like this, common sense is on the ballot. may not seem like it, but truly is. The insanity, of course, in the left is not limited to issues of race, racism, gender. Gender is the new big thing. I don't know. I don't know. What, what is gender? Who knows? Who can tell these sorts of things? We can never do this, that, and the other thing. I want to, There's somebody called Birdie Blossom on TikTok. And that should tell you how insane this person is already. But they recorded a TikTok. They, uh, I love it when people throw down the gauntlet. Is what everybody who's like them needs to think. If you are queer, in their words, or and, and you support Israel, you're a monster. You better not go to any pride events whatsoever. You better not do this, that. You're like, what the hell is going on? What's wrong with people? Well, there's a lot wrong with people. First of all, the idea that somebody is, um, well, confused about their gender. Let's just put it that way. But listen to, to Birdie Blossom say that gay people need to support, well, people who would kill them. Honestly, I mean, I'd take up a collection and I would, I would donate to a group, any group that wanted to raise money to send, you know, left-wing gay activists, the LGBTQ, the Alphabet Mafia over to Gaza for a night. Let's go show solidarity and God. see how that works out for you. See how that works out. And listen to Birdie Blossom here. Lay down the gauntlet as to uh, what gay people are allowed to think. 
Anyone who thinks that queer people are supposed to support a far-right, apartheid-based police state enacting genocide is seriously confused about our culture and our history. Queer people have always fought against systemic oppression. Queer people have always fought for liberation. Queer people have always fought for self-determination. Any queer person who is pro-Israel is a traitor. Any queer person who is pro-Israel better not be at any Pride events this next year. <laughs> she sounds like she's a lot of fun at parties, doesn't she? Better not be doing it. I think it's a dude. I don't even know. I can't tell anymore. But you do have to love it. They better not do this, that, or the other thing. People want to support. It's got to be for Palestine. Well, you know that uh, Hamas would kill you, right? Yeah Hamas. yeah, Hamas. The terrorists that you guys are really super excited about in every way, shape, or form, they'd freaking kill you. Yeah, that's That's fine. If you want to die, I don't. I don't really. Who am I to to deny you your insanity, your instability? But you recognize that you're standing up for people. Now, somebody uses the wrong pronoun. Somebody lets slip the wrong, currently determined way to refer to people. That is acceptable by these little fascists, and well. You will be ruined. You must be destroyed. But if you are a full-blown, full-throated supporter of people who honestly, you know, would rather kill you because of your sexual orientation, well, that's that's a-okay. It's diverse. It's tolerance. These people are insane. They have no idea. They, their brains don't function. A a rabbit would be able to connect these dots. Honestly. But these human beings can't. Maybe it's the hormones they're pumping their bodies full of, or maybe it's the garbage the leftist teachers are filling their heads up. But whatever it is, something in them ain't right. So the uh, Birdie Blossom wasn't the only trans insanity going on. There's this alleged new study, and I swear to God, science is seemingly doing everything it possibly can to destroy itself. Honest to God. With COVID, hey, there's, get the shot. It's no problem, no problem whatsoever. There's nothing, no adverse effect. And then, okay, yeah, well, a couple years later, maybe it's not so super good. It's just, if you were trying to discredit yourself in every way, shape, or form, you'd have all this stuff, like the uh, all these medical organizations, these medical societies saying men can be women. Men can definitely be women. Like, no, they, they can't. No, no, trans women are women. Then why do you have the prefix trans in front of it? Well, that's different. They're, they're women. Women is a state of mind. Women is a state of mind. So we can kill the WNBA because it's really just a state of mind. And it's a state of mind nobody watches anyway. So... No, 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 that's that's horrible. That's right. And then you, you sit there and you leftists go, well, they're, they're infringing on the rights of women. They're infringing. They're, these evil Republicans want to take away rights. For, they're suddenly gynecologists when it comes to abortion. But when it comes to locker rooms, they go, I just, uh, I don't even know. I can't tell you what's going on. It's all very confusing to me. It's frightening, a little bit frightening. I'm not sure what's happening. Well, now this study says that, and I don't know, you can follow along with this clip as best you can. It's hard to know if 
They're talking about inducing lactation in men pretending to be women or the women pretending to be men have been so chock full of testosterone and God knows what else that they fill them full of something else to make them lactate. I don't know. I'm not a biologist, but neither are these people. They're making declarations about biology. I'm at least telling you I have no freaking idea. Uh, But they insist that whatever the end result is, pumping some kind of human body full of God knows what to cause it to produce milk is not only just as good as mother's milk, the real mother, like the, the one that actually birthed them, the real woman involved here, but it's a little bit better, honestly. You go, what the hell are you talking I can't explain it any better than that. These people are insane. There's something fundamentally wrong about them. Listen to them and see if you can make heads or tails out of this. Now, a transgender woman's milk is just as good for babies as breast milk. That's according to a letter from the medical director at University Hospital Sussex NHS Foundation Trust. The claim was made as part of a response against campaign groups. The trust referred to studies and the World Health Organization guidance, including one case which found what it called no observable effects in babies fed by induced lactation. Well, to discuss this in a bit more detail, I'm joined now by Kate Luxian, who is a research fellow in creative global health at the University College London and a lactation consultant trainee. I wanted to begin by getting your reaction to what we've heard from the hospital about this. Of course, and it's actually not very new in terms of a concept or an idea. It's something as someone who works in LGBT pregnancy and reproduction that we've known for quite a while. There's studies back in the 90s that talk about the sameness of milk from the birth mother and then the co-lactating mother in terms of 10 days after birth. There's no different scene there. And when we look at the research that's been done specifically about trans women, um, there's a case study that was done and published last year where they actually found that the nutritional value was either at or above the nutritional value of then the meta-analysis referent that it used. So using the example of kind of a larger sample of what we look for in breast milk, it was seen to be at least, if not higher of quality. Um. There have been, of course, campaign groups who have criticised this letter. Um, One uh, policy exchange has said that the letter is unbalanced and naive in its assertion that the secretions produced by a male on hormones can nourish an infant in the way a mother's breast milk can. What is your take on that criticism? Well, if we look at the evidence and what we can see from the science of it, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's, I stopped it there. What we can see from the science. Lady, you ain't interested in science. You're not interested in science in any way, shape, or form. Now, the lactating trans woman, the trans trans woman is a man. It's hard to follow, but trans woman is a man. And I, I don't know if they're confused or they're just stupid. I don't know which it is. But it's clear that they they seem to be talking about men lactate i don't know how what you got to pump into a man to get them to lactate but it is allegedly way better for babies than what you stinking biological women produce so even as lactating women 
men are better than women. Right? We, we, we dominate you at sports. But now when it comes to lactation, we're going to dominate you there too. <laughs> so damn stupid. You can't, you can't help but laugh. It's like, what is going on? What is wrong with people? What is wrong with the world? I don't know what the answer is. I mean, I know what the answer is. It's liberals. It's liberalism. It's insanity. It is an embrace of these people rather than rather than helping people who clearly need help there is an endless string of indulging people we all we, we offend somebody we have to worry about their psyche we have to, no they're insane they need help okay they need help there's something wrong with them something you can you can fix them rather than mutilate their bodies and force everybody else to change in order to embrace their dystopian bastardized worldview they're crippled you, you should help them bring the, bring them back to reality but you'd have to actually want to help people rather than advance a political agenda and therein lies the rub that's the problem they're not interested in helping people their policies kind of show that all right, that is all the time we have for today, or all the time I'm going to take for today. Hope you have a wonderful hump day, etc., etc. Well, maybe you get humped. Let's do this thing. And we'll be back to do it again tomorrow. See you then. Thanks. <laughs>